Do you need some help teaching your dog where you want him to pee or poop and when? If so, I hope you'll check out our brand new totally free house training guide. You can find it at schoolforthedogs.com house. It's filled with lots of really good tips on how to train a dog to potty in the right spot, but it also is going to explain to you how to teach your dog to do it on cue. So go check it out. Schoolforthedogs.com slash house. School, school for the dogs. For the dogs. Well, thank you so much for taking the time to chat. I'm really excited to get to know you a little bit. I feel like I know you through your business. But maybe we could just start out. You could just say your name and your title, and and we'll go from there. I'm Spencer Williams, and I'm the CEO and owner of Westpaw. And Westpaw, as uh, School for the Dogs fans might know, (laughs) makes some of the most fabulous dog toys uh, on the market. We have been selling them at storeforthedogs.com since 2014. Um, And I'm excited to talk to you because as I've spent these years buying Westpaw products, both for my own dogs and for um, our shop, I've learned a little bit about the company that has uh, intrigued me. Um, so first of all, um, tell, tell me about, um, tell me about being a a B Corp. Is that what it's called? Yeah, that's great. Well, and and thanks for, you know, all the years of experience you have buying and using and selling our, our products. Um, I'm looking forward to the conversation and and B Corp is a great place to start because it is, um, it is movement that matters a lot to Westpaw. This whole concept started just about a dozen years ago. And, um, and what people realize is that when they were leading a business that was impact driven, uh, if that business, uh, had a change in leadership or a change in ownership, sometimes those, those impacts that business was able to drive, uh, would be lost in those transitions. And, um, the idea around the B Corp was how do you, uh, create more opportunity for those, um, those impacts to be long lasting and how do you measure the impact? So the idea here, Andy, is how how do you differentiate from really good marketing to like a fact-based information on a company's impact? And so that's where the B Corp movement came from. And and in a nutshell today, what it means is that a company can choose to become a certified B Corp. And the B stands for benefit. It's a good way to think of it, like you're benefiting primarily four areas in a business, um, the employees who work in the business, uh, the community that that business is located in or impacts. Uh, it's it's uh, also around the environment and how the business impacts the environment. And then and then finally, the, the c- customer piece. And so a certified B Corp gets a, uh, goes through a rigorous third-party assessment. Uh, and that third-party assessment Annie is open to any business to take in a confidential manner, um, and it's done worldwide. Uh, if a company gets 80 points or higher on that assessment, that company can choose to become a certified B Corp by aligning to the mission and objectives of, of the B Corp movement and agreeing to recertify every three years. 
And so this idea around the B Corp movement really fit with the vision and values that Westpaw had had for the almost uh, 15 years leading up to when the B Corp movement started. And so we were one of the early adopters jumping in and getting certified. And what it helps Westpaw do specifically is that we use the assessment tool, which is, like I said, very rigorous, and it helps to uh, assess the business in a non um, uh, in a, uh, what am I trying to say? Like a, a one step removed point of view from the business as to how we're performing in those key areas. And then we use that information to help improve the business uh, and make it more and more sustainable as the future uh, would, would like. Um, and then it's, it's also really, really helpful when employees apply uh, because they're looking to work in an impact driven, purpose driven company. Uh, they trust that it's more than marketing, that there's actually a certification behind it. And then I think the customers and consumers, they also feel the same way, noting that there's validity behind the claims of a B Corp to, towards sustainability. And there's, so there's, only, there's only 3,000 B Corps, is that right? Yeah, it's, um, it's, it's something that is worldwide, that is, uh, uh, there's actually more certified B Corps now outside the United States than inside uh, the U.S., although it started here. And, um, and so it's, it's, it's a small but highly impactful group of businesses. So what's an example of any changes you've had to make in any area in order to be certified or, or recertified? Yeah, so I'll give you an example which happened when we very first started. So this is 2012, uh, our first assessment. And we had always um, had what we called like a, you know, uh, it was a new family leave policy. And so if, uh, uh, if a couple had uh, a child, we would offer some, some paid time off, regardless if it was the mother or the father. And, and the simple thing about that was that, well, one, that's not commonly done in the United States. Uh, and it's, it certainly wasn't common in 2012. But an example of a change is we didn't actually have that written down. Our, you know, our employees had to ask for it. Not, not that they had demanded. It was just like it wasn't written. You know, it wasn't a, an official policy. And so when we certified, hey, here's an official policy. You can take your intentions and put it on paper, and then every employee will know that this benefit is uh, available to the, regardless of gender. Uh, another good example is we started uh, recently working with um, the Pet Sustainability Coalition, uh, which Westpaw is one of the co-founding members of, because uh, we were curious uh, in working with the Pet Sustainability Coalition recently, what is the life cycle analysis of our Zogaflex toys that we uh, collect from consumers and retailers, bring them back to our factory in Montana, clean and recycle them into brand new toys. And we were able to use that, um, the questions from the B Corp assessment to help us under, uh, to help us understand that we weren't fully capturing the total impacts and total opportunities of that recycling program. And through our partnership with the Pet Sustainability Coalition, we were able to access their consulting efforts to help us measure that. And then, of course, that improved the business of sustainability because we're able to put more efforts towards making our, our join the loop program more sustainable and getting back more dog toys. And now we know the value of that um, uh, because of the assessment. So it's, these are a couple examples, both on the personnel side, on the, on the human side, the social side, as well as the environmental side, where we've been able to make good uh, changes because of the assessment. Hmm. I'm so <laughs> glad you brought up Zogaflex. I would love if you could describe what Zogaflex is, but maybe even more broadly, uh, what is your, your elevator pitch description of 
what West Palm makes at, as far as toys go. Now, I know you guys are more than just toys, but toys is what, mostly what we sell, so I'd love to hear how you define the kinds of toys you have. Yeah, so you know, West Palm's really focused on creating joyful connection with pets, dogs, people, and how that, how that relationship happens. It's often centered around things like playtime, um, sleep and relaxation, cuddling, and, and also this idea of, of, of treating and rewarding and having, having um, really high-quality foods be at the center of that. And, and so West Paw is diversified in that we do um, toys. That's where we started as um, a uh, plush toy manufacturer. So those are the fuzzy, squeaky toys. And we started making those in 1996. And we still make them right here, actually, right on the other side of the wall um, in this office that I'm sitting in uh, as our toy factory floor. We also do injection molded toys where we make Zogoflex, one of the, the product lines we're most famous for because of its incredible focus on durability and safety and sustainability. As I mentioned earlier, we have a join the loop program where uh, every Zogoflex toy is able to get recycled and, and uh, turned into brand new toys here. And, and uh, also that is made right in the same facility that I sit in today. And so we're really focused on the toys area. That's where we first started. We have a great line of, of really awesome leashes and collars made from uh, polyester that's been recycled. And, uh, and we do focus on the bedding, you know, to make sure that there's a, a wide choice of blankets, mats, and, and full-on beds for dogs with sustainable materials. Um, again, all sold right here in Montana in our factory here. And then finally, uh, we, we've recently, in the last two years, made a lot of effort to get into harvesting proteins, animal proteins that are often a waste stream, like um, beef liver and um, and bison lung. And these are things that are very nutritious and lovely for dogs to eat. And humans eat them very less, very, 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 very rarely. <laughs> and so they can be a waste stream and um, the earth has produced these great proteins um, and we want to make sure they capture and, and give them uh, real use to be of value to dogs. And so we created a line of dog treats that are going really, really well for us. So that's in a nutshell what we do, focused on made in the USA, uh, made by us and sustainability. Um, so that's, a, that's a kind of a quick overview. And one area that, we're super excited about is pioneering new materials mm -hmm. and new processes. Uh, and so when Zogoflex was created, it's, it's been 18 years ago, it changed the industry because it's, as a material, it's super durable, yet soft and pliable. It, yeah. It yeah. Has, what is the, what yeah. is the origin story of, of Zogoflex? It is, it is, it's like, it feels weird. <laughs> Right, in a good way. Weird is good, right? Um, it's, yeah, no, yeah. totally. And it's 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 Zogoflex came from this idea of you know there's there's the the old school latex and rubber products used in human uh, products as well as pet products, and I was not interested in using those because you couldn't control the materials, you couldn't control the safety, and so when we started this work almost twenty years ago. We were looking for modern contemporary materials that we could ensure were free of BPA, um, which is now banned in water bottles. At the time, it wasn't even on the radar. Um, but now human water bottles can't even have it in it. Um, it was free of phthalates, which are um, bad stuff in plastics. Um, it was also free of all the heavy metals, right? And, and so we were looking for what kind of material would have all these safety properties, but you'd be incredible durable. And, and so we landed on um, what we call a thermoplastic elastomer. It's a mouthful, but it's a uh, modern material that 
can balance the properties of a soft uh, material that is grippy and, and pliable, yet has the durability that people often would associate with something like rubber. And, um, and so what's really cool about a, a modern material like, a, uh, like what we use for Zogoflex is that it's, it's really buoyant, it floats in water, it's very, very durable, it's dishwasher safe, and, um, and, and furthermore, the material we chose and developed years ago um, complies with the FDA. So it is, this material is so good and so clean, you can actually use it for um, serving food to humans if you wanted to, uh, could come in contact with human foods. And so it's just a, a really safe, um, very human grade material, which is what we started from. But it had to have recyclability as well. So that's what makes Zogoflex so unique. And and it was really um, getting together with some of the brightest people in Bozeman, the most creative people who were looking at different things and wondering, how do we make a dog toy that was really great? And we live in a great community in Bozeman where um, over years doing business, we knew who, who to talk to. And, and we literally sat down over a table over several months and and came up with this and, and, and like it changed, it changed our company and the industry forevermore. And you're the only ones who use it? We are. We are. It's a unique formulation that we had worked very, very hard on to balance this this pliable, this, I think you called it weird, right? It's like pliable, but yet really tough and durable. It's got some mass to it, some weight, but yet it floats in water. Um, and, and for us, that unique combination is, is what makes Sogoflex such a wonderful product line. And when you talk about recycling, I mean, what you mean is literally like people can mail you their chewed up dog toys because they're sturdy, but they're not indestructible. And you yeah. will, uh, you will recycle it and, and replace them too, right? Yeah. And you're right on. I mean, so, so this is really uh, an interesting concept. And so I want to take one step back from our product line, just talk about like, as consumers, like we put a lot of burden on systems, right? Uh, those economic and environmental systems when we consume and it goes in the landfill and it's the end of life. And so Zogaflex was created to have this opportunity where consumers, retailers could all participate in uh, sending the product back so it would have uh, another life here as a brand new toy, not downcycled into something that is only going to be used once more, but actually uh, all of our toys have have regrind in them as a term that we, we we take a product, clean it, break it down, and we put it through a chipper, and it, it creates these little pellets that we can then melt into brand new toys again. Um, and so the product was conceived uh, in this idea of how do you get this consumer cycle to be continuous, right, and not have an end of life, and is that possible? So we did create the first guaranteed dog toy, um, and we created a program called Join the Loop, um, we're inviting consumers, inviting retailers to join us in sending product back to our factory here in Bozeman where they can feel really good that it's getting recycled right here in our factory, getting turned into brand new toys. And uh, and that's the, the program. And we've been able to to, to scale that nationwide. And um, and people are, are really excited about it. So sometimes we get toys back in that have been hit by a lawnmower. They're in like two or three or five pieces. And, you know, here's, here's the toy I don't want to put in the trash. Can you recycle this? Um, we also, as you know, with the guarantee, if a dog does chew through our product, we stand behind it. And we will first try to find a better uh, shape for the dog's uh, behavior and temperament. And if that's not possible, we can, uh, we can refund the money. Uh, we ask that we get the product back because that uh, material, that raw material, can have another life. Well, I'm glad you brought up the shape. Because that's one thing that uh, also intrigues me about your company is 
that and the name of products. I mean, Zogoflex is a funny name. <laughs> All of the products have very uh, unique shapes and names. There's uh, the topple, one of my favorites, which is like a sort of upside down uh, cup or, uh, well, I guess right side up or upside down, like thimble with sort of little tendrils inside. The the tux, which looks like um, three balls kind of smushed together with a hole. Um, the boomy, which uh, has a sort of unique S shape. Where, where do these things come from? Plus the weird names. <laughs> yeah, so again, you know, we're, we're pretty homegrown here. And, and so these shapes um, have all been developed with our teams right here in, at West Paw. And when we need to, we bring in some partners here in Bozeman who have helped us over time, help with some new ideas. And it's, it's very much of a homegrown activity. Uh, we, we love to create products that are fun for dogs to use. And as I said, it comes back to this joyful connection between dogs and their people. And, um, and so we've been able to, to come up with these great shapes right here um, with our teams. Um, and, and it's fun to, you know, you mentioned Topple, which is a great, uh, great product. Uh, it's, um, it, 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 we, when you put treats in it and you put it on the ground, right, it kind of topples around, it moves. And uh, so the names often have some sort of indication of what might be uh, the use of this product. So Topple has that. Early, which is one of our best sellers even today, was, was sort of this modern take on what the, the favorite thing that dogs like is, right? It's a combination of a stick, a bone, and a ball, right? The, the handle, the, the end of the hurley fits in your hand really nice like a ball and allows you to throw it really far. And, and so hurley, the idea to hurl this and throw it. Um, boomy is like uh, maybe like a little bit like a, a thinking about like a boomerang. Does it kind of feel a little bit like a boomerang, almost like you would throw it for a dog and it might come back? Or is it something that you get to, to tug with with your dog? It has multiple uses. Or Quizzle. Quizzle is another really fun treat toy. Quizzle is this this idea of how do you quit a, create a quiz for the dog, right? How do you get the, the bully stick out from the center of Quizzle or, or the treat, the nut bug that you might have spread in there? Oh, and my so gosh. I never – I didn't realize. I'd never quiz. read into the, the, the name so deeply. <laughs> <laughs> well, we, you know, with Zogoflex, it's the same thing. We literally get a group of get people together and we start off with a white piece of paper or a whiteboard and we start putting up names and we start riffing on them and what's, what sounds interesting, what's really fun, um, what's fun to say. And, um, and that's how these names have all been created. They're literally invented names for the product line and for the products. Yeah. Well, and then the, even, even your, uh, Plush toys have funny names, like Gertrude, isn't that one of them? And Hamilton. And... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, the um, there's a there's a whole line of toys here in our Rowdies collection. Yeah, the Rowdies. Uh -huh. Yeah, they're really crazy fun plush with these great eyes, incredibly durable, hardy text material that we developed that helps uh, create some more durability. And a lot of the Rowdies even have Zogoflex chew zones on their on the ends of their hands, and. One of our longtime employees, a fellow Montanan here, um, she she said, you know, there's so many counties in Montana. What if we started naming all the rowdies from the counties of Montana? So the, the rowdy product line is full of the county names of Montana. And oh. they have some really funny names. Yeah. Again, so did not realize from. that. <laughs> <laughs> Ruby, Wilson, Taylor. Custer, Judith, are these these so these are all counties in Montana? 
Yeah. Oh my gosh. Tooth Gap was a famous, famous uh, pass. Lewis and Clark went through. Right? Darby, Montana. Hamilton, Montana. Geraldine. These are all uh, Custer. Oh, uh, as a, uh, mystery uh, solved. All right. Because you have to be Montanan to know this. Now, now I know that you're you're from Montana, and when you were a younger man, you you bought a mon a, a toy t- company, a dog toy company. Is that how Westpaw started? Tell tell me the That's story. That's absolutely right. The start, the very beginning, right? So I I grew up uh, on a working ranch in Montana. Um, I loved the idea of getting into manufacturing. I'd always enjoyed working with my hands and, and creating something and bending something and um when i went out to college and then the work i did after college um i rec- i guess the the value of manufacturing uh, a product um really struck me and i i wanted to move back to montana and had a few ideas of things that i might pursue for manufacturing and the idea was how do you bring a diverse group of people together and at the end of the day, you all can kind of walk home and be, you know, be at the end of your day, walk out of the facility and say, hey, I helped make something, something that was valuable to somebody, had, had lasting value. And and, uh, and so that's the manufacturing thing that I wanted, that feeling. And um, when I came to Montana, I was looking for a place to live with uh, my fiance. And a friend had told me that a, a woman who was an excellent seamstress and, and had created some great toy shapes that were little plush toys for cats and dogs, um, was interested in, in selling her very small business. And that's, that was the start that I got. I didn't know how to do the, the business. I didn't know anything about business. And, and this, this woman was incredibly helpful, very kind and supportive and told me, you know, how she did things and how, how she, how she made the business work. And, um, and so that gave me a foundation for six months to kind of figure out, like, how do I do this? And then started trying to, you know, reevaluate products, come up with some new shapes and um, come up with some ideas on, on how do we do marketing. Um, um, the former owner of, of the company had never been to a trade show and, and thought that they were very successful and, and had advised against it. And, um, and yet I, I felt like I, I, I needed to meet, meet retailers and get their feedback and so we started doing trade shows and and um you know the business just continued to grow we we purposely over 25 years never tried to grow the business like a hockey stick in today's world people often think like overnight success and you know you grow it as fast as you can and don't worry about the profits uh we were very focused on on profitability sustains jobs profitability reinvest into product development, which helps retailers and consumers with new ideas that become great products. And so we were very focused on taking it slow and building the business bit by bit. And that's what, uh, that's what we've done since the beginning. Hmm. Now, did you have uh, any kind of particular interest in pets? Oh, yeah. So as I said, I grew up on a, on a working ranch in Montana. Um, it, we mostly ran cattle and had some dry land and wetland for hay production. Uh, when I was young, um, I, I, I enjoyed collecting the, the animals that were sort of the strays, right? So this was out in the countryside. This is, we're not in town. And, um, you know, I every, you know, adopted a cat, three legged cat could come and come helped raise up some litter of kids that she brought to the, to the farm. And, and uh and you know what what really was always around me were were, were pets um the cattle weren't ever my my closest pet but we, my brother and i were fortunate that 
when we got into the sheep raising business when we were very young as kind of a side project for us. And that was incredible because I actually really enjoyed being with sheep in the field and, and helping uh, raise up the, the bum lambs and all that. So um, always had animals around, always very, very interested in pets. And, uh, and as, as mentioned back when my fiance, now my wife, um, of 24 years, when, when she and I were dating and, and engaged, we had an amazing uh, chocolate lab named Shoki. And uh, she was the inspiration for getting into the pet business, specifically. <laughs> in fact, I named my company, my first company was Shoki. <laughs> so, yeah, very much focused on pets. How has the industry changed in that, in that time? Well, I, I think first I would say, Eddie, there's been some beautiful things that haven't changed. You know, in, in 25 years in this industry, what I have found is some really wonderful relationships. People who, like you, work in this space, do it for something that is not about money, right? We do it for connection. We do it for a purpose. We do it to help um, people and pets grow to become better, right? Uh, through training or product, right? All the things that you touch in your day-to-day, Andy, those those things still exist in our industry in a way that I think is profound and helpful to attract a certain type of people. I've often really enjoyed working in this industry because it is the people who are in the industry that care about the pets and the relationships. Uh, I think it's a great place. So I like that uh, as has happened over my 25 years in the industry. Um, what I think has changed is um, I saw first after the major uh, correction recession that happened in 07, 08, you know, uh, the term recession proof had been thrown around about the pet industry before. And, uh, at that time when there was such a loss in the stock market, uh, private equity stock market, uh, kind of, uh, private, uh, sorry, publicly traded companies were looking for how do they get into new industries? Well, pet is anything but new. It's one of the oldest industries, bit of a bit of a sleeper in a way. And so we saw a lot of uh, innovate, uh, innovative companies coming in, a lot of money coming in, and um, COVID uh, and the changes that happened in 2020 has only accelerated up more. And so you're ending up, I think, in this industry now seeing a lot of outside influence, which is good and bad. Um, I think it's good because it also uh, creates more competition and people have to sort of raise their game and, and, and uh, play at a higher level of excellence. But it's also... I think uh, is somewhat diluting the idea that people are attracted to this industry because of this common uh, passion we have around around pets and and what they bring to life. Uh, but you know, there's always change, and so I, I recognize that. But I, I think all in all, it's uh, it's been a consistently great industry and a great experience for for me and for my teams who get to participate in this industry over over many years. Well, it's interesting to me, Spencer, that you come from a working farm and produce these toys that are uh, pretty high-end that, I mean, they're they're not inexpensive as dog toys go. Um, And, uh, I mean, as we're discussing, the the price reflects more than just um, the piece of rubber that's ending up in a dog's mouth. But uh, they are... uh, largely being sold to people who don't have who don't have dogs as working animals they have dogs as 
as cherished pets. Um, I'm wondering if you have encountered any kind of, um, oh, I guess, how would I put it? Um, I mean, do you, do you feel like you live in two worlds? One where people think, you know, animals are animals and need to be serving our purposes. Uh, why would we spend 18 to $30 on a piece of rubber for them? And then other people who um, see that they're, see it in, in the way that, like, I'm buying a, a pet toy that is part of some greater <laughs> idea I have about how I want to treat an animal I live with. Am I making? Am I, is my question making sense? <laughs> I think I kind of get the essence, and let me let me take a swing at it, and, and you help me. <laughs> you know, I, I, came, I came from the the world where our dogs, um, they you know they all slept outside. Um, I mean, were your parents we, buying thirty dollar dog toys for your dogs when you were growing up? Uh, our dogs had sticks, right? Um, there were and, and and sticks was all that they had. I mean, maybe at Christmas there was something. But I remember not having toys. The in the doghouse outside was a, was an old um, blanket or maybe an old towel, right? No, no, no dog bed. So, so things have changed in my lifetime incredibly. Uh, and and yet, you know, I think there are both worlds. There are working dogs who who um, and let me stop and say, you know, maybe, I don't know if you agree with me here, but I think all dogs they need a job. Right, that, that they're here to do something of purpose. We all are, in fact. <laughs> when you come right down to it, and so working dogs on a ranch or a farm, you know, they're they're guarding property or, or livestock or what have you. They've got a job to do. I think it's important when we think about the toys that we buy for dogs who are who, who are in apartments and houses and in urban settings. Like, what what is their job to do? What is it that they do? And that's why we really have focused a lot on these. The idea of mental stimulation and opportunity for problem solving and gameplay with dogs because they they need a job they need something to do they want to contribute and and that's when dogs feel um, like they're able to contribute in, in a productive manner I think their the relationship like joyful connection I was talking about is is even better right they, and and there's generally a better uh, compatibility in the home and so I do feel like I, I I live in two worlds I grew up in one world let's say where dogs were given just um, basics and yet they were quite happy and well cared for and got that business and all that and i now live in a, in a world where dogs are you know given grass-fed um beef heart and liver right <laughs> and high-tech toys um and and i think it it is this this really i think it's kind of a beautiful thing when you can look at all sorts of people and pets interacting differently and when the relationship and the physical health is good uh that's all good it's all, it's all a positive thing. What we want to do in our business is as we create the opportunity for that joyful connection through our products, we want to do it in a way that is both safe and sustainable, right? And, and so as we come back to this conversation around consumer behavior, how do you spend uh, you know, $5 on a toy that is going to last five minutes? Can you spend you know, $20 or $30 on our product or somebody else's that's going to last a year. Mm -hmm. now, different temperaments, different dog owners would say there's no way a product would last a year. For, for many dogs, that could be true. We often have stories of, of toys that have lasted years with dogs because of the quality. And so we, um, 
well, we, we, I see the, the range of, of what is spent or provided for dogs over my lifetime. I think at the end of the day, I tend to be very focused in Westpaw around make quality that lasts. And by lasting, it's safer. And by lasting, it's impacting the planet and our communities less and, and, and has more benefit to it, right? Um, so that's kind of where we come in. Did I kind of get to your question? Anyway? Yeah, I mean, I think you, it's interesting that you straddle two worlds and yeah. uh, and certainly see see the value of, of both. And I absolutely agree. I think dogs need jobs. And uh, if we're, we are keeping them in apartments, we can do them the favor of giving them, you know, literally toys that are designed to make them work and engage. You know, I always say if you don't give a dog a job, they're going to make up the, they're going to find their own career and it might not be, <laughs> not, 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 may not be what you had in mind. <laughs> yeah, I just sit here talking with you, Annie. I'm mm-hmm. not surprised that my dog is facing the door, mm-hmm. you know, laying down on the floor, facing the door for the, to the outside of the, to, to the open office area. Just, Kind of like, you know, who's coming next? Or is there a dog coming down the hallway that he wants to just step mm-hmm. and make sure everything's good? So he's he's working right now. He's, he looks like he's sleeping, but I'm not <laughs> he's still working. He's but between me and the door. Your toys, but that. your toys are, you know, are designed to um, get dogs to solve problems and use their mouths. And and they're not as, it, 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 it might not be so obvious to someone looking at them as you know for example i'm sure you're familiar with nina Otteson toys um which have like drawers and doors and flips and flaps and whatever and are meant you know also to engage doggy brains and and mouths um your toys sort of have a visually have a more subtle approach although they they are very neon colors (laughs) and uh flashy names but they but it 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 might not be so clear to a consumer who hasn't um found one of these at a place like school for the dogs that this these toys are meant to be stuffed with food and have bully sticks jammed into them and um, they're not just meant to be be tossed um i I think one last thing I'm, i'm curious about is uh Tell me about the cookbook, <laughs> if you would, because I'm so fascinated by this whole, I don't even know what to call it, this like movement of making these fancy stuffed toys. It's like it's like the bento lunchbox movement for pet parents. I mean, how... How do you describe yeah. what's happening? I've, I encountered on Instagram these like fabulously, the, these topples with like rabbit ears and mermaid gelatin things stick. I mean, I don't even know what's going on. <laughs> Tell me. <laughs> you know, I think there's, so what you're describing as, you know, topple, quizzle, and topple in particular, other toys that we have, people are um, finding ways to, to, uh, be creative uh, and to have fun with their dog and to, to connect with that dog in a way that is uh, very new right, and different. And and uh, then they're posting these images, the videos on, on Instagram and whatnot, and, uh, and people are, are, are just inspired from each other. I think it's a really cool thing. We didn't realize it would happen the way it is. But you mentioned like Nina Hansen, and Nina and I have talked in years past when she was first starting her business. My business was smaller, and you know we were coming at a similar uh, 
issue from a couple different angles. You know, and my perception on the Eno Eno Odds and Toys are just really awesome designed puzzles um, that are specific, like a, a specific way to play, which is fantastic for dogs. And and, um, and where we came in from the toys was more of this, like how does the human impact that experience from some creativity on the human side? And so Topple is, is the, the creativity of the human gone to an extremely awesome place of putting all of these rabbit ears, right? And the, and the purees and freezing things in them and, and making sure that the dog can like have, you know, 20 minutes or an hour of playtime with a frozen uh, ingredient mix in Topple, right? As part of their daily routine. And make so, it something that can then like look fabulous <laughs> and then look, yeah it looks fabulous right it's like looking human food no it's, it's like art right um and so what, what what we love about um the consumer movement has been that, that they take a product and they show they show us those that created the form how it is best used what's its most creative opportunity and and i just love being able to watch these consumers and what they're doing and so the Toy of Cooking, which is our, 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 our cookbook, um, has come from that place. The, the, it, we really put together the cookbook in its printed form as well as its digital form with all the ideas and recipes from the consumer. They're not, they're not West Palm. We didn't create this. We're just shining a light on the creativity that exists out there. And we think it's a beautiful thing because it is really, really fun to create these, these amazingly gorgeous, nutritious and, and mentally stimulating uh, treats for dogs. But uh, a lot of people are very, very pragmatic. Um, Andy, uh, who works here, uh, and his dog Rex is, oh, Rex is in the office. I'm guessing he's nine months old right now. Um, you know, Rex needs uh, some some opportunity to just kind of focus. And so Andy has a very uh, regimented routine of, 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 of getting a, a wine cork to plug the hole in the side of the topple putting some beef broth in, some mix of Westpaw treats, and uh, and then freezing that overnight so that in the morning when the newspaper arrives and they can give Topple in its frozen state um, two racks and get 20 minutes of reading the newspaper. So people are taking it to the extremes you've seen where these you know, lavish design, they're gorgeous. And then people are like Andy who are just really pragmatically making a toy work in a creative fashion for the dog and for the for the human as well so um i think it's fun how how topple can express itself in so many different ways <laughs> i love how you call it topple like like not, not the topple or a topple just like <laughs> oh no it's topple, topple. <laughs> uh and uh what's on the horizon any new toys that that you can talk about well we um we are working really uh a lot around this idea of C-Flex. I don't know if you've seen that yet. I have. I, we we haven't started here. carrying those yet, but how is that different yeah. from Zogoflex? Yeah, so C-Flex, much like Zogoflex, is based on this soft yet durable thermoplastic. And what we wanted to do with this new line is to really put our efforts as a company who's using plastics towards um, putting a stop towards plastics entering the ocean. And so by international standard within um, uh, within 40 miles of the, of the coasts, any plastic that can be harvested there before it gets into the ocean is technically called um, ocean bound because it's going to likely end up in the ocean. And so we worked with a supplier and our supply chain to help start harvesting that, that ocean bound plastic from South and Central America, bringing it back to the United States, cleaning it, 
and then formulated a very special high-tech uh, formulation of Zogoflex that allows us to use about 12% ocean-bound plastic. And so every toy that we sell is helping to keep plastic from entering the ocean because not, not every river and every beach um, throughout the world had the kind of sanitation systems that we would like to have to preserve our, our planet. And so this creates an economic model to keep that plastic from going into the ocean in the first place. Um, and so Seaplex has been really fun to design. It's got some really interesting swirled colors and they're really beautiful products. Um, they're focused very much on the, on the fetch and play part right now with um, some tug toy in there as well. Um, and they respond very similarly to Zogoplex. What's interesting, and I don't quite know, this is the beautiful part about working with, with dog products from beds to, to treats to toys. The human don't really get to give the feedback. You've got to get the feedback directly from the dog, right? And what's funny is that some dogs, mine, Nico in, in particular, like the feel, the mouth feel, and the, the jiggly nature of C-Flex even more than they like Zogoflex. So having a different new material out there is not only good for the planet, uh, it allowed us to be creative with some new forms and new shapes, um, but uh, some dogs are really loving it in a different way than Zogoflex. And we had not perceived that as humans with all the data that we have, <laughs> that there would be any difference to the dogs, but some dogs do take a like a different way. So are you gonna start making something like the topple now out of that instead of the Zogoflex? We're starting to work on, on the next range of C-Flex toys, which will have a little bit more puzzle activity in their near future, for sure. Looking forward to that. That'll be coming out hopefully in the summer of next year. Well, thank you, Spencer, so much. And I promise my last question. Are there any other companies that, as, as someone who sells dog toys and uses them um, with her dogs. Any other companies that you, you think we should be carrying or that you think are doing good things for the world and also creating good things for dogs? Yeah, you know, I, I would. I, there's a lot of great companies doing some great work out there, and as you know, but here, here's a great filter for you, your, your listeners to this podcast is we, we were, as I mentioned earlier, co-founders of the Pet Sustainability Coalition, and I think that you know, good, well-made products should be sustainable as well. And I would encourage your listeners to, to check out um, the Pet Sustainability Coalition. It's a nonprofit, and members of that association and organization are likely to have more sustainable choices uh, for uh, your audience. And I would encourage that they go through there and look at those brands and see if, they, if they, one of those brands is worth uh, their vote with their dollars to support them. The, uh, on the treat side, a longtime friend of ours is Earth Animal, and they do a really good job, I believe, with their treats. And um, what's fun is that they they work really well in a lot of our toys. And um, so, I think Earth Animal is doing a really great job um, creating some some treats. And on the on the toys side of things, you know, we we continue to to, to support and work with other companies. Uh, in, in the space and one of our longest term competitors who's working more and more on sustainability and puzzle toys is Kong and they were one of the co-founding members and Kong's a great competitor of ours they're a fantastic brand and uh, we, we really encourage them as they become more and more of a sustainable company so there's a couple I would, I would encourage you to look at amazing thank you so much Spencer um, I'm excited to share this and uh, and I hope we will meet in person perhaps sometime soon 
I would love to. And it's so nice to, to meet you and talk with you. And I thank you for your podcast and the information you're providing to the, the, the listeners. And also just for your support of Westpaw and your interest in, in my story and what we've done here in the company. All right. Thank you again. School, school for the dogs. Thank you so much for listening. And special thanks to Bill and Lizzie of Toast Garden for the amazing theme song. You can find Toast Garden at youtube.com slash toastgarden. If you enjoyed this episode, please make sure to subscribe to the podcast and leave a review on iTunes. You can also support us by shopping at storefortheDogs.com, and you can learn more about us at schoolforthedogs.com. You can also connect with other listeners by downloading our brand new app, just visit schoolforthedogs.com slash community.